Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Can you remember the best class you had in high school? I can. It was called Composition, and Mrs. Hoyt was a great teacher. She taught us how to compose a paper. And she said in your first paragraph, you give the theme statement. And then the rest of your paper, you flesh out your theme statement. And at the end of the paper, you repeat your theme statement. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul is writing his great letter to the Romans. Some people think it's the most important book of the Bible because it's the most systematic presentation of the Christian faith. In the book of Romans, in the first chapter, Paul gives us his theme statement, for Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The rest of Romans, the other 16 chapters, he fleshes all that out. What I want to do is just examine Paul's theme statement, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. That's the whole sermon today. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we pray that you would help us never be ashamed of the gospel. Help us be willing to lose our lives rather than be ashamed of Christ. And Lord, as we examine this ancient word from the Apostle Paul, we ask you to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Here's the first lesson. Be unashamed of the gospel. <clears throat> Have you noticed how the world tries to shame us for believing in Christ? Part of my college career, I went to Grinnell College in Iowa, very hostile place for the Christian faith. In fact, a few years ago, they banned the Christian. They took away the campus status of the only Christian group on campus because they won't promote homosexuality. So they took away their status. That's Grinnell College. I was back in the 70s at Grinnell College, and it was hostile back then. And I remember a buddy from my Bible study there saying, you know, Tom, what happened? I went to cafeteria with my books. I had my Bible with me. I hid my Bible under my books. <laughs> and we need to not do that. We need to be unashamed of the gospel. It was rough in the 70s. It's much rougher now. Can I explain what postmodernism is? We live in the age of what's called postmodernism. Now follow this. Modernism was the belief 50 years ago that truth exists and science has it. So if you can prove something scientifically, it's the truth. That was called modernism. We are now in post-after-modernism days. Postmodernism teaches this. Nobody has the truth. Science, nobody, there is no truth. The, the postmodernist is somebody who says, yes, Jesus is the only way of salvation. And yes, Buddha is the only way of salvation. And you say, 
Both of those can't be right. And the modern, postmodernist says, well, sure they are. I make up my own truth. There is no truth. So whatever I feel or believe, that's my truth for me. It works for me. Alistair Begg is a, a preacher, and he said, in the 1960s, my friends derided me for believing the gospel is true. He said, today, my friends deride me for believing anything is true. <laughs> so, to all of our postmodernists, the Apostle Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the truth. You can feel worshiping Zeus or Aphrodite or Psychic Friends Network. or the, You can feel all that is true, but it's not the truth. God says what the truth is. Recently, I had a three-hour talk with an atheist. And he did about 85% of the talking, and I'm just listening, and wow, was I pooped by the end of those three hours. But the point I made to the atheist is, you don't make up your own truth. God says what the truth is. If the Apostle Paul were alive today, he would say, the gospel is true. And you know what also he would say? Every other religious system is false. And they'd call him a hypocrite and a bigot, but he'd still say it. I was watching Catholic TV recently, and they were asking the Catholic expert, what about non-Christian religions? Can those people be saved? And the response from the Catholic expert was, God wants everybody to become a Catholic. But if you're not a Catholic through no fault of your own and you live up to what God has written on your conscience, then you will be saved. I felt like screaming at the TV set. Nobody does that. Nobody lives up to what God has written on the heart. We break that, which is why we need a Savior. Now I thought, well, maybe that expert on the Catholic Church was not really presenting Catholic doctrine. So I'm, I'm a Lutheran, by the way. People say I'm a Catholic. I'm a Lutheran. <laughs> the Lutherans wear this too. So I looked in the Catholic Catechism. Here's what it says. Those who thrown, through no fault of their own do not know Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God with a sincere heart and moved by grace try in their actions to do God's will as they know it through their conscience, these people too may achieve eternal salvation. But nobody does that. We don't live up to what God has written in our heart. We violate, we sin against what God has written on our heart, which is why we need a Savior. The Apostle Paul would say, the gospel is the only thing that saves. Don't be ashamed to say that. And why isn't Paul ashamed of the gospel? He's going to give us three reasons now. Again, we're doing his theme statement, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For, he's going to give us three reasons. Number one, it is the power of God. The first reason we're not ashamed of the gospel is the gospel is dynamite. The word dunamis, Greek word in, in this verse, is, is the word for which the word dynamite comes. It's the power of God. The gospel is the strongest force on earth. Paul had seen the gospel at work. In, in uh, Acts chapter 13, Paul is preaching to Sergius Paulus. Paul is trying to convert Sergius Paulus. 
an evil magician called Elymas gets in between them and tries to stop Paul from preaching. And Paul says, Elymas, the hand of God will fall upon you now and you will be blind for a time. Elymas, the magician, is blinded. Sergius Paulus sees this, converts to Christ. Paul had seen the power of the gospel. So the first reason we're not ashamed of the gospel is nothing has the power of the gospel. <laughs> Second reason, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. Next reason, for salvation. It is the power of God for salvation. Second reason Paul believes the gospel, it saves people. Now, you could ask, what does it save us from? Some people say the gospel saves me from my sin. That's true. Some people say the gospel saves me from my guilt feelings. That's true. Some people say the gospel saves me from um, the mess I've made of my life. That's true. But for Paul, what's the main thing God saves us from? That's the, the first chapter of Romans. The wrath of God. Read the first chapter of Romans. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against the ungodliness of mankind. And the main thing that Paul says the gospel saves us from is the wrath of God. Let's talk about the wrath of God. <laughs> In our day and age, few people feel the need to be saved from God's anger. Because God's such a marshmallow. God's such a nice guy. Love, 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 love. God wouldn't hurt a fly. And most, most people today, oh, we don't need to be saved from God's wrath. God's a pushover. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have cable TV in my house, just regular TV, broadcast TV. Sweet Jesus was a swear word recently. And there was a time in America where you wouldn't use the word Jesus as a swear word. We have lost the fear of God's wrath in America. Uh, years ago, and I'm so glad it's been off, years ago, my least favorite TV show was the Phil Donahue show. Phil Donahue claimed to be a Catholic, even though he was pro-gay and everything else. He, was a, he claimed to be Catholic, but I don't think so. And Phil Donahue said once, he had a Christian evangelist on the stage, and Phil Donahue said to the evangelist, well, I don't believe in hell. And the evangelist said, Phil, you will. I remember we had an evangelist come to the church once to preach and he got in the pulpit and preached a tremendous sermon. He said, on the plane, I was sitting next to an atheist and I'm sharing the gospel with the atheist. And the atheist says, well, thank you, but I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in heaven or hell. And the evangelist said to the atheist, so? And the atheist said, well, you know, I'm glad it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. I don't believe in heaven and hell. And the evangelist said, so? Well, what do you mean so? It's, it's not my thing, and you believe it if you want, but I don't have to. And the, the evangelist said, so? <laughs> and the point he made is, just because you don't think heaven and hell are there doesn't make it go away. And just because America doesn't fear the wrath of God anymore, doesn't make it go away. My brother now has numbness in his feet. He can't feel anything in his feet. And a while ago, he showed me this big sore on the side of his foot. And he said, yeah, I can't tell when I'm in trouble anymore. I get, and, I, and I thought to myself, that's America. 
America has been, become so numb to the true God, they can't even feel if they're in trouble anymore. I, I had a man come to the office and he was very concerned that he had committed the unforgivable sin. So we talked and we prayed in my office. He hadn't, but at least he knew there's something called the wrath of God. I was talking with a college student. I think he was raised in a Christian home, but now he's into drugs and he's dabbling in Hinduism and Buddhism. But you know what he said to me? He said, but in Christianity, man's in trouble, isn't he? And I said, yeah, that's why we need us. Man isn't in trouble in Buddhism, you know, but in Christianity, we're sinners and we need a savior. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the only thing that can save us from the wrath of God. Now, uh, my dad was a Catholic. My mom was a Lutheran. All of us Brock kids got baptized Catholic and raised Lutheran. I think that was their compromise. But dad went to Catholic church every Sunday. We went Lutheran church every Sunday. Dad died many years ago. My dad played football for Notre Dame. And I had never been to the campus of Notre Dame. So feeling nostalgic, just wondering where dad went to school, I was driving through Indiana, I stopped at Notre Dame. Beautiful campus. In the middle of the campus is this huge, beautiful cathedral. So I went to church and the Catholic priest got up and he preached on Acts chapter four where the apostles say, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. And the Catholic priest compromised it. And he said basically, well, Jesus is our road to heaven, but there are other ways to get to heaven. And I just, I left that service so grieved. Listen, Christian, don't do that. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't compromise it. Paul the apostle would say, the only thing that saves is the Christian gospel, nothing else. Paul's not ashamed of the gospel, number one, because it's powerful. Number two, because it's the only thing that saves. Third reason Paul's unashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God for salvation. Next, to everyone who believes, to Jew first and also to the Greek. The third reason Paul is not ashamed of the gospel is it's for everybody. It's for Jew, Gentile, young, old, Buddhist, Hindu. It's for everybody to come to Christ. Multiculturalism is a big deal in our day and age. Everything has to be multicultural, diverse, inclusive. Well, do you know the most multicultural, diverse, and, and inclusive institution on the face of the planet and has been for 2,000 years? It's the Christian church. Nobody can beat us for being multi. For 2,000 years, every tongue, tribe, race of all kinds of people have the most diverse group on the planet for 2,000 years is the Christian church. The gospel's for everybody. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel for that reason. All right, so let's sum this up. We are not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Three reasons. Number one, it's the most powerful force on earth. Number two, it saves us from the wrath of God. And number three, it's for absolutely everybody. So maybe you were raised Jewish, maybe you were raised Buddhist, maybe you were raised atheist. Come to Christ. He's for absolutely everybody. 
everybody who comes to Christ will be forgiven of their sins and have a home in heaven. Now, one more point. Share Christ with one person this week. Can I ask you to do that? That's your homework. <laughs> Would you share Christ with one person? Don't be ashamed. Would you talk to one person about Christ this week? You know, let me share this. In the morning, I normally pray, Lord, help me talk to somebody today about you. And I pray it, and often it doesn't happen, but on days it does. And so I went on a tour, a day tour with these 12 strangers, and we all went on this day tour, got in a van, and we went and saw this site, and then we all had lunch afterwards. So I'm sitting at a table with about 12 people. On my left is a 30-year-old man who was raised Catholic. He's rejected it all, and now his religion is, he doesn't want to give off negative energy. That's his religion. On my right is a 22-year-old young woman, very strong Catholic. So we're having lunch and the other people are, are talking amongst themselves, but us three are talking and they found out I'm a pastor. And, and the atheist says to me, well, can I ask, what made you want to become a pastor? I thought, here's my door. And I said, well, I said, I was raised in the church, but I don't think I understood. I had the impression you get to heaven by being good. But then I discovered nobody's good, we're sinners. And the only way we get to heaven is by Christ dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead. And he's not buying it, but she is. The Catholic gal is going like this. All right, so we keep talking and all tw everybody around the table starts listening. Nobody's talking but us. <laughs> and they're zeroing in on our conversation. And we keep talking. And then the guy says, well, you have a TV show. I said, yeah. Well, what do you talk about on your TV show? And I, now that everybody's listening, I thought, let's do it again. Well, you know, s most people think you get to heaven by being good. That doesn't work because we're sinners. So here's the way we get to heaven. God came down from heaven, lived the perfect life we couldn't. His name was Jesus, died on the cross to pay for our sins, rose from the dead, and through him and only through him, if you believe in him, your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven. I mean, everybody heard it. I was able to hand out uh, some of these gospel pamphlets on how to, how to be saved to the group. But my point is, could you share Christ? At least pray about it every morning. God, use me to share you with one person today. And, and I'll say this too. My 97-year-old Aunt Mary just died. My dad was a Catholic, eight people and his eight kids in his family. So I had lots of aunts and uncles. And years ago, they started dying. And so I did something years ago that I'm not sure my mom was thrilled with, but I wrote everybody on my dad's side of the family a letter. And I enclosed this little pamphlet. And I said, dear aunts and uncles, you know, we're starting to die now. I just want to make sure you all know Jesus and the forgiveness of your sins. If you're not sure you're going to go to heaven for eternity, would you read through this little pamphlet and make sure you trust in Christ alone for your salvation? I sent that off years ago. Aunt Mary just died. She's about, there's only one left. There's one aunt left. Everybody else is dead. I'm sure glad I sent this out because they're all dead. So my, my, my last word for you is, would you pray this morning and every morning pray, Lord, Help me share you with one person today, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Amen.
Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, if a person has been ashamed of Christ and denied him before others, can that person still be forgiven? I mean, I'm asking this because since Jesus said if you deny him from before men, he's going to deny you before God the Father. Yeah. So, yes, I think that's Matthew 10. He who confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father in heaven. He who denies me before men, I'll deny before my Father in heaven. So let's say you have been ashamed of Christ and you've denied him, saying, oh, hey, I'm not a Christian or I don't believe in all that. Can you be forgiven of that? <clears throat> well, Jackie, can you think of a person in the New Testament who denied Jesus three times and he was forgiven? Who was that? Judas. Uh, that was Peter. 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 Yeah, Judas, Judas, Judas uh, really denied him. Yeah. But P the difference between Judas and Peter, Judas didn't repent. Peter repented and he came to Christ. So if you have denied Christ and you're like Peter, you're sorry you repented, there's forgiveness of that. But Peter would say, now get back in the ring and, and keep fighting, because Peter did. I mean, ultimately, the early church history says Peter died for the gospel. So, yeah, you can be forgiven for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I've heard people say that we're arrogant as Christians if we claim that only Christianity yeah. is yeah. true. Some people, yeah, people will say how arrogant of you to say Christianity is true and Buddhism, Hinduism, etc., is false. Well, I, we've got to maintain Christ is the only way of salvation. But we do it humbly. We don't say that, you know, that we're better than anybody else. And, and I'm not even saying, Jackie, there isn't some truth in non-Christian religions. Every religion has a form of the Ten Commandments. But when it comes to the way of salvation, the only church, the only religion that has true salvation is the Christian faith. I mean, even in Buddhism, there really isn't a personal God. You, don't, you can be an atheist and be a Buddhist. So, so some of these other religions are more philosophy than religion. Yeah. Okay, but so you know that Christianity is true, but how do you know Islam isn't true or other religions? Yeah. I mean, who right, makes we, the judge Okay, of that? well, first of all, some people teach, some religious people, some bishops and pastors teach that we all believe in the same God. It doesn't work that way, Jackie. A, a, buzz, a Muslim believes Jesus is not God, and it's heresy for you to say he is. A Christian believes Jesus is God, and it's a heresy for you to say he isn't. Both of those can't be true. Jackie, you and I worship one God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jews don't, Buddhists don't, Hindus don't. So how can some say, well, we all worship the same God? No, we don't. And so your question was, um, how do we know Christianity is true and these other religions are false? There's a number of ways. I recommend a book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. He takes you through the archaeological evidence, the things they've dug up in Palestine that are from Old Testament stories, New Testament stories. Uh, that, that's just part of it is the archaeology. The incredible fulfillment of the Old Testament in the New Testament, which nobody could have pulled, out but, pulled off but God. So there, there's a number of reasons, yeah. Okay, a person once said something to me that said, my loving Jesus wouldn't send anyone to hell. How should a person respond to that yeah. type of a statement? Yeah, I've heard pastors say, my loving Jesus wouldn't send anyone to hell. And my response is, have you read what your loving Jesus says in the New Testament? Jesus talks more about hell 
then he talks about heaven. And Jackie, Jesus does that because he loves us. It's because he loves us and doesn't want us to go to hell that Jesus warns us. So to say my loving Jesus wouldn't warn people about hell, uh, you don't have the Jesus of the New Testament is my response to that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, if a person, how do you really know Christianity is true? Do you, how do you know the other religions aren't? Yeah. Well, for instance, let's take Mormonism, Jackie. <laughs> Mormons believe in thousands of gods and they claim that's biblical. Jackie, the, the Old and New Testament teach there's one God. So the way you test groups that say they're Christian, like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses against the one, the true Christian faith is the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, it's true. If they've made something up called the Book of Mormon, it's not true. You know, people say, though, that my loving Jesus wouldn't send anyone to hell. Yeah. How, how should I, as a Christian, respond to that if yeah. somebody says yeah. that? Yeah, you tell them that Jesus taught the reality of hell. And if you're going to follow the Jesus of the New Testament, not the Jesus of their imagination, they're going to believe in hell. Okay. Yeah. Well, if God is loving, why does the Bible talk about his wrath then? The Bible teaches two things. God is a God of love. love and he's a God of wrath. Both are true. And if you deny the wrath of God, you uh, are denying a lot of the old. And some people think, well, it's just the Old Testament God that's wrathful. No, read Romans chapter 1, where Paul the Apostle says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it saves us from the wrath of God. So both Old and New Testament teach the love of God and the wrath of God. So Pastor Tom, how does a person share Christ with someone. Okay. I mean, yeah. what, how should we do that? Right. Pa, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, Corinthians, I'm going to remind you how you were saved. I came to your town and I preached. Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead. So when Jackie, I'm talking to someone about Christ, I don't bring up Adam and Eve. I don't argue evolution. I don't bring up Noah and the ark. I go right to Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead. Those are the main things we talk to people about. Okay. I guess we're almost out of time, yeah. Tom. So do you want to say, pray or say sure. goodbye? Sure. Well, you know what I'll do? Everybody, go to the Christian bookstore and buy some Christian tracts. And then put them in your pocket. And uh, if you're a pastor, I'm preaching a funeral tomorrow. Everybody's going to get one of these as they leave the church. So buy a bunch of Christian tracts, put them in your pocket. And this has happened to me a, a number of times recently. You end up giving them to people just because God sends them your way. Go to the Christian bookstore, buy a bunch of tracts. One of the best ones is called The Four Spiritual Laws. And start evangelizing because we're not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, 
P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.